3: This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. Hello, storytellers. Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. Welcome to the launch of season six. Oh my goodness, you guys. I am, uh... I can't believe it. We're here. This is episode 78. We are well on our way to 100 episodes. You know, if you asked me a couple of years ago, would we make it this far? I would have told you yes. I would have told you yes, because I knew we were going here. But it's just really exciting to, uh, to have made it this far. It really is. I am so thrilled and fulfilled by my decision. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I'm so fulfilled by by the decision to launch this podcast because here's the deal. There have been layers of benefits for myself and for you, right? The the, the amount of knowledge that I gained from this is, is profound. And so I, I, I can only hope that it's the same for you. But here's something else. What I didn't anticipate, what I couldn't forecast, was the connections that I get that come from this. The, a lot of these are people that I look up to, and now the, a lot of them are peers. But we become friends. We become more than acquaintances. We become connections in each other's lives and worlds and businesses. And that's just, I mean, that's the best part to me. There's been a, a motto that I've you know, had in my head for, for years now from Seth Godin that, that says, he says, It's not about collecting dots, but connecting dots. And a couple of years ago, that became so clear to me that everything in our lives, when we're trying to build, when we're trying to grow, when we're trying to make progress, comes back to the connections that we have, right? The people that we know. And you know that storytelling is the most effective way to create those connections, So if you haven't had the chance to listen to season five, the recap episode, the top storytelling tips, I totally urge you to go do that, because it's basically a highlight reel of all the amazing guests and basically their top tips of each episode, and so that's going to give you a ton of value in one episode. But today I'm so excited to have you here for the first episode of season six, and we're going to do this season the same as we did season five, the same format where we have One longer-form episode with a guest, like today's, and then in between that, we're going to have these shorter-form episodes, about 15 to 20 minutes, where it's just me talking about things that I've learned along my story coaching journey. Over the past year or so, I've been working with entrepreneurs and startups and nonprofits and personal brands to unlock the things that are blocking them from telling their authentic stories, specifically the stories that they're telling themselves and figure out how to craft their stories, their brand stories so that they can have the maximum impact on their audience. And that has been another fulfilling part of my journey, but I've learned so much and so what I'm doing in between the longer form episodes like today's is giving you that information that I've learned in a short, straight to the point episode that is just chock-full of of tips that you can actionable tips that you can take away and put into practice immediately. Now, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, today my guest is Heather H. Bennett, and Heather H. Bennett is potentially a cousin of mine. We talk about that on a show. Probably not, but we are aligned nonetheless. She is a creative brand coach that uses storytelling that helps people use their authentic stories to create their brand. She has a book called Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time, a step-by-step guide to thriving in your personal and professional life. Ladies, gentlemen, compelling storytellers, friends of the show, this is the content that you are looking for. This is what we have been talking about so much. This episode goes deep. And to tie it back to the connections that I get from the podcast, this was a referral, uh, a connection from our previous guest Uh, from last season Troy Sandage who is a great friend of mine now we've collaborated on many things clubhouse rooms and we have Twitter conversations all day long he's become a great friend his dad has listened to our episode about a hundred times he says but he also told me that I really needed to talk to Heather when I did I realized oh my gosh like we view authentic storytelling specifically on how it pertains to building personal brands like so similarly but I had so much to learn from her and so I want you to learn from her. So, here is my conversation, my deep and emotion-filled, authentic, great conversation with Heather H. Bennett. And I hope you love it. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Heather. Uh, I like to joke anytime I see a a fellow Bennett that we are long-lost cousins. Uh, So, somewhere maybe uh, out there in the world, we're, we're connected kismic way <laughs> how's it going six
2: degrees of separation I'm, exactly. doing great. I'm doing great
3: so our actual connection was through um uh, a fellow guest of the storytelling lab fellow friend troy sandage out of chicago who is first of all i just want to give him a shout shout out an awesome human being
2: Definitely, Troy is just an amazing person, and his ability uh, to connect people who have similar thoughts and goals—really uh, unbelievable. He's he's just a great guy. This is what Very I, I
3: love. Same. This is what I love about meeting people like that is is uh, the compound effects that come from it. Right. Anytime he's done this several times so far. Like, hey, you know, I think you should meet this person. I think you all would vibe and it's always it's always uh, right on the money. So uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he missed on this one as well. So uh, to start off, I want to talk about. You know, we all have that thing that we you know, what our LinkedIn profile says that we do right. Our title. People, I think, are kind of obsessed with that, but I always like to ask. How would you how would you define what you do? What do you do to to or what do you help people do, in your words?
2: Yeah. So my uh, current LinkedIn title is uh, marketing strategist and personal brand coach.
0: Mm. So
2: uh, the main one I would focus on first is personal brand coach, and what that means for me, like how I help people, is I help them find, understand, describe, share, and use their personal brand to achieve um, their their career goals, their business goals. A lot of times I work with people who are starting businesses and for them to truly understand their personal brand before starting a business, uh, I found really helps in terms of how they build that business.
3: So let's back up a little bit and let's establish for those listening, if they don't know, uh, well, first of all, without a personal brand or let, let's say, let's define what a brand is in, in your words. What, what, what would you, okay. yeah, what would you, what is a brand?
2: Okay, so uh, I have been doing brand marketing for uh, t- oh, well over 20 years now. Um, and I actually, uh, started doing branding because I fell in love with the idea of brands and what they stood for. Mm -hmm. So a brand would be, um, a descriptor or like the core essence of something. It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a product. We tend to think about brands as products, but they really are that core essence that make them stand out from everything else so it's and not and more important so yeah, go a, ahead. A,
3: sorry to interrupt but a, a brand is not the equivalent uh to a company
2: no no it's really what makes something unique and what makes it stand out and attractive or interesting to others in turn, and then that, of course, you know, helps people make decisions like buying or committing to or, you know, so a brand stands for so much more than just um, just a logo or just a tagline.
3: <laughs> it, now, is a brand something that that you create or is it something that exists? Like whether you know oh. it or not
2: yeah i i you know honestly for most people especially when it comes to personal branding i would say it's something that exists whether you like it or not mm-hmm. um and for product services entities uh it can go both ways you can build a brand but you can also a brand can also be established just based on use and uh how it how it interacts in the marketplace so it goes both ways So I think the key with branding is understanding that, that your brand is actually defined by what other people see and understand of it. But at the same point, you have the opportunity to craft what they're seeing, what they're understanding, uh, what your brand, what your entity means to them and to the world in general.
3: How, so all right, so now let's let's zero in a little bit and dive a little deeper. So we've defined brand, which I think was a, a excellent excellent explanation. How would you define what a personal brand is? And I think we can put the pieces together based off of what you said. But if you could do it in in a little nugget, I'd I'd be interested to hear how you define it.
2: Sure. So a personal brand is the way you as an individual are being perceived by the outside world. We tend to think of it in terms of social media. But it's also when you show up, you know, you're at a networking event, you're uh, interacting with fellow employees, customers, clients. Um, It is how you show up and what they've come to expect from you. Mm. So a personal brand is how you're represented in the world, whether that's online or offline. It can be everything from the way you send out Twitter tweets to how you dress or the way you talk, or the words you use. It's everything that encompasses you, how people perceive you.
3: So it's, would it be fair to say that the, uh, you know, I'm a storytelling guy, so I like to think, you know, view the world through a storytelling lens. It's, would it be fair to say that your personal brand is a story or the story that that others tell about you? So exactly. you, it seems like you can have a hand in that or you can just, you know, let it be whatever <laughs> those people, whatever those people say. Is that fair?
2: Yes, definitely. I, I think the important like, connection to storytelling is the fact that you can let someone else tell your story right. or you can choose to tell the story you want them to know about you. So you can really storytell your personal brand.
3: So for me, and I, I, I'm pretty certain that I'm not alone here. At one point in my life and career, I was resistant to the idea of crafting a personal brand. Now I'm totally leaning into it, maybe an, uh, annoyingly to, to my friends and family and wife and, <laughs> and all those. But I understand, I have learned that lesson that there's going to be one whether I, uh, whether I help shape it or not. And so I lean into that. But there was a point where I was very like, uh, it sounded, you know, like you said, associated with social media and like an influencer. And for some reason, I know now I've worked through this psychologically, but, um, you know, I equated it to this kind of like you know, vlogger, uh, uh, YouTube personality, influencer is what we know it as now. At the time, that that term wasn't really popular, hadn't really popped off yet. Um, but I noticed that that sentiment is shared by people. Do, do you find that people are resistant to the idea when you're talking to a business owner, resistant to the idea of Hey, you really need to pay attention to and spend some time and energy on your personal brand. And if so, if that's true in your experience, why, why do you think that happens?
2: I I think the resistance is, is not a bad thing because a good personal brand is authentic. It's true. It's who you are. It's Mm. based on clear evidence, Mm. you know, going back through your career history uh, you can't just make this. And I know that there, there is that, that danger of like people just making things up. Yeah. Uh, but but that's, not going to, that's not going to help in the long run. To, for a, a personal brand to really be effective and useful, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be strong. It needs to be unique. And it needs to be uh, something that you can consistently communicate across time. So not just for a moment or not just for the moment you're on stage or you're in front of, you know, the lens, it really needs to be you, you know, who you are at your core. And a lot of the work I do is figuring out who that person is and how to be consistent. Mm. Um, I think the main reason people are resistant to it is because they feel like that level of authenticity is letting, you know, a little more of their private lives out than they would feel comfortable with however when i'm talking to my clients i explain to them part of telling your story is that you get to tell the story you don't have to tell everything about your you know human beings are wonderfully complicated and deep and interesting people we have so many different aspects of our own personal selves that are wonderful and amazing but we don't really have time to share all of that so the goal with uh creating a personal brand for a career or business is to focus on the ones that you need to share. So you're still being authentic and true, but you don't have to share everything.
3: <laughs> right. Why I was laughing is cuz I was literally writing down boundaries on a post it note yeah. because that that's where I was going my curiosity, you know, peaked about okay, yeah, I you know I wholeheartedly agree with with authenticity but we can't share everything we don't want to share everything and that that was my question is is you know how do we set up the, those boundaries of like okay what's what's personal what's private and and what is being my authentic self i want to talk about that for a moment i you know i have to walk that tightrope walk with my family with my wife uh, a lot because I share a lot about my personal life as as part of my journey to help people. And the way I help people is by you know flipping everything inside out so they can see the the missteps that I've taken, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I have to now that's something I have to be really conscious of, like what's oversharing, right? So um, you know you had just mentioned of like when you were saying that of, of figuring out the things that need to be shared. How would one uh, kind of what process would they go through to to identify? Okay, this is something in my personal brand that's authentically me and worthy of sharing, and this is something that I'm going to reserve for myself, my family, or just it doesn't align. Like, what's the process you would walk someone through to identify those boundaries?
2: Yeah, Rain, this is that's a really really good question um, because it is hard to define where that boundary is. But it's very important to understand where it is. The way I would focus my clients and the people I work with um, is to say, focus on the audience. Mm -hmm. So first, focus on your audience, so your target market. And I could talk about target marketing all day um, because it's so important. But then the second part and this is very important. I think a lot of times um, it's easy to get caught up in the, the fun of media and advertising and marketing. Um, you forget the whole point behind it is for you to reach business goals, to have the ROI, to reach your, you know, your key performance indicators, to to do the business part of it. So if you can focus on who the audience and the target market is, and then at the same time, think about what business goals you're trying to accomplish, you'll understand what's important to share and what they need to hear from you and understand mm. about. You.
3: So if I'm going through my thoughts of like my social media posts for this week and I'm like, it's almost like every, every good story or every story you have isn't necessarily one to share. If I'm going through the today's events, I would think about, okay, yes, this could be, this is a funny story or something like that, but does it apply? Does it help the people that I'm trying to serve? Is that kind of like accurate to say for your guiding, guiding lights, your guiding principles there? And yeah. Okay. So thinking about what would work now, I'm really loving where this conversation is going now, because I think this is, this is part of what's so interesting to me about helping people you know, with their personal stories, their personal narratives, and crafting out that personal brand, um, you you had also said something just just now about figuring out who that person is, like who that personal brand is. Now we've already talked about it's not everything about you; it's authentically you. It's not fabricated,
0: no. but
3: it's not a, all of you because, I mean, that would be it'd be so hard to like focus on how you serve people. But this, so this happens a lot. I know for sure. I see it, it happen with me. I went through this process. It happens with the people that I work with and it happens with friends and, and colleagues that I see. The question comes up, what is my personal brand? I don't, I don't know what it is. What's my persona? What, it? who, who am I? So, you know, let's pretend I'm a, I'm a, a new client of yours who is, is, you know, starting something. I mean, it it could be an app, it could be a business, they could be whatever it might be. But what are the first steps to identifying, you know, to answering that question? What is my personal brand? What's what is unique about me? What are the things that I highlight and elevate? And what are the things that I that I don't?
2: Well, to start with Rain, this, I love this part of the conversation because really the most important thing is listening Mm. and, and then guiding my, you know, the people I work with, with questions. The idea being a lot of time, it's hard to really look at ourselves and see ourselves because we're so busy looking out. Mm, For sure. (laughs) So to work with my clients, I'll I start with a series of questions and exercises and methodologies that I've been using for, oh gosh, six six years now. Um, about three years ago, I created a workbook with all of these exercises, and and then I just recently uh, published a book um, about you know how to go through this process, and. The key to really understanding your own personal brand is to go back <laughs> and start from the beginning, remembering. Love it. Um, what you were like um, as a child, as a teenager, as a college student, and really thinking about that time period, mm-hmm. and then gradually moving forward and finding. Uh, and this is I what I've been told is the most unique part of the way I do personal branding and my methodology is finding those key lines that stay consistent mm. from that time period way, way back to now and finding those key personality traits, the skills, mm. um, the, the things you're passionate about, uh, what motivates you. Uh, what work environments or team environments you thrive in and finding those key lines that have stayed consistent throughout that time period. So it's a lot of questions. It's a lot of reflection. Um, it's it's a fun part of the process.
3: Yeah. You, you know what I love about that is like you're using storytelling to to design that, to craft that. You're going back and looking at their whole story and seeing like where are the moments of, uh, achievement or overcoming obstacles or themes that reemerge that are, that are uniquely you. I love that. And I love going back and, and, and whether we're calling it that or not, you it's still using a story to inform, to inform the way, the way forward. Um, could you tell me, could you tell us a, a few of those questions, those initial questions that you asked somebody?
2: Yes, uh, definitely. It's uh, one of the ones I, I like the best is tell me about a moment of pride Ooh. in your life, because it's so hard to really celebrate your own achievement. I think a lot of people totally. have a hard time really enjoying that moment and really celebrating the accomplishments. And
3: But yeah. yeah. So for me, when I think about that, that question, what it, it's, it seems like what that would unveil or reveal is, you know, what are the, you, you want to replicate that feeling. If that was a moment of pride, what did you do to, uh, you know, achieve that? So for me, I feel like that would inform like, okay, what's, what's something you're passionate about? What's something you would like to, to do again? This is, that's awesome. What, uh, what's another example? Another question.
2: Another example. Um, let's see, building off of that would be, um, think about your four closest friends mm. and think about what you admire about them and what you enjoy when you're spending time with them and then many of the, and then think about whether you have those same qualities and whether those same you have links to what they're passionate about Hmm. So it, it's kind of, it's, I know that there's a lot of different ways I've seen people explain this exercise, but that's, that's the way I focus on it is to see, cause they will reflect on you, the things that you love about yourself. Hmm.
3: Now, I know that, that you've said, you said that you could talk forever about target audience. I, I think that we should go there <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think, you know, what you've said, it's, uh, this is why I was excited to talk to you because. We're helping people in different ways, but very similar. Like the things that you're talking about all, oh, that's why you, I'm nodding my head the whole time that people listening can't see that because uh, it's storytelling. It's just, it's a different thing, you know? But this is what I help people do too, is like before you can tell, you decide what story to tell, you gotta understand who you're speaking to and then reverse engineer it. And so you're, you're saying the same exact thing. So I think that target audience deserves a lot of time to, to, to focus on. And this is another thing that I think people struggle with because, you know, the classic, you know, misstep or mistake of like, well, I want this is, you know, this is for everybody. I think this is, you know, everybody would love this movie. <laughs> no, you know, so that that's one that happens a lot. But also back to that issue of people not sure exactly who their personal brand is or what their personal brand is. Often people know they have an idea. I want to create this uh, um. All right. For instance, I'm working with somewhere now creating an app for mental mental health. Um, they've had a mental health uh, or mentally fit community. They call it for uh, for, for months, uh, months, years. And now they're creating an app to to help these people with their resources. And so um, if they were creating something like that, like identifying. You know, who is that? Who is that for? It's not for for everybody. And we walked them through that process. So let's talk about one, the importance of identifying that specific target audience. And then let's, let's get into like how, you know, the steps we take to do that. But, but talk to me about why understanding who that audience is, is so imperative.
2: Well, well, right. Understanding your target market, your target audience is so important because we have limited time, resources, Um, both human and (laughs) financial.
0: Absolutely. So
2: every dollar that you spend, every minute that you spend working on a business or a brand or a product has to pay off, especially if you're a small business or an entrepreneur. Um, You know, the competitive landscape right now is is tough Mm -hmm. uh, for many reasons, but being able to make sure that you maximize every, you know, every spend, whether it's time or money, that or human resources is so important if you're not talking to the right person and you're not giving the message that they want to hear when they want to hear it where they want to hear it you're not going to get the end result the time that you spend or creating a great product if it's not being put in front of or you know given like the attention of your ideal target market you're going to completely miss out on the opportunity so that's why it's important um but to go further uh figuring out who your target market is your target audience will help you determine which of your products is to focus on or what you know if you're creating an app you know exactly which um you know which which uh methodologies will they'll respond to you know Mm -hmm. You know, which which aspects of the app are they going to get excited about? And those are the ones you need to push first or you need to make sure the coding's just perfect on that one.
3: Yeah, th- this reminds me, I just wrote, uh, today's Wednesday when we're recording this and every Wednesday I have a weekly column uh, at a local publication uh, called chapelborough.com and I write about various things. But today I wrote about skills versus tools. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how people get fascinated with tools. For me, it's like, what's the best camera to use? What's the best editing app? What's the best microphone for a podcast? And, I'm, and and what I try to help people understand is like, you know, if you don't know what you're saying or have something to say first, it doesn't matter what tools you use, you know? And part of that is also very similar to what you said, which is identifying what you're saying and to whom, and then figure out what's the best tool to deliver to that audience. It's not going to be the same. You know, people want to say, Oh, should I be on TikTok? Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And it's like, not until we figure out who we're talking to. And then where are they? How do they receive information? What do they like? So I, I, I love I love that you said that and it just reminded me of, of what I'd written today. Um, so how do we go about, what is the exercise you would walk someone through to determining that? Is it similar to what you would use to establish their personal brand? Like, how do we figure out like, Because what I went through is like, well, I could speak to these people. I could speak to these people and these people. Like, is there an overlap? What's the overlap? Which way do I go? Do I try to reach them all? (laughs) Like, help me.
2: Uh, Really, really. Okay. So target marketing is all about um, doing the research to figure out who your target market is. Mm -hmm. So the way, uh, one of my favorite parts of working with a client is getting to learn an industry I know absolutely nothing about. Totally. Um, I have an R&D background, Um, so before getting my MBA, I uh, received a degree in biology focused on microbiology. So I love data. I love Mm -hmm. uh, research. I love really digging into understanding a, a subject from all angles. So for your target market, really the best thing to do is to look at the complete landscape. Who are the competitors? Who would this product be competing with? And then go learn about them and understand, well, who are they talking to? Where are they talking? Why are they talking there? You know, what, you know, maybe they're on this particular social media platform. Why are they doing that? Or why are they going to this specific, you know, convention or event? Why is that important? So you start with your competitors. You start with an overall industry um, organizations and associations. Because if at those large organization and association conventions, um, that's where the envelope is being pushed. That's where they're talking about new areas of that industry and field. So then you'll understand what the cutting edge is for that or what the expectations are. The expectations for your product or your service may have changed. And that would be where you'd start learning about that. Um, So then at that point, then you, you start getting an idea of what your audience and your target market is. So the next step, so you've talked about your competitors, you've talked about industry associations and events. The next part would be going to where on social media and doing deep dives and figuring out where that audience is and then listening. Again, we're back to listening. You know, I mean? I know. you talk about storytelling, But there's the other side of it is listening.
3: Well, yeah. But so much of storytelling is understanding and empathizing with that audience and listening to their needs to understand what story to deliver, what elements in the story to highlight. So absolutely, you know, storytelling is a collaborative thing. The story listener is just as important as the storyteller. I'm I'm, I'm right there with you.
2: Yeah. So then, at that point, you're listening to what their needs are, what their pain points are, what they're missing, what they're having a hard time with, and um, we'll bring it back to the personal brand for a second. Yeah, sec. yeah, totally. From so from that perspective, what do they need from you? What mm-hmm. do they need to understand about you so that they know who you are? They trust you. You know what? What will make them trust you? What information do they need so that they know that they can rely on you to provide whatever service or help? that, that they need from you. And then, then you'll know, you'll start understanding what the messaging needs to be. So
3: what is your favorite part about what you do?
2: Okay. That's, that's easy.
3: You just lit up. She just lit up with a smile. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already loving where this is going.
2: The, the, my favorite part is when I, I have a client who tells me I love what I'm doing and I love my work and I love my job for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. And and the joy that they have and the success that I, they have and they're going to have because I know they love what they're doing and that they're, you know, they're putting out their best self, their best product, their best services to make the world a better place. And that's reflected in the joy and how much they're enjoying what they're doing. So that's that's my favorite part. <laughs>
3: can you pinpoint a service that you provide or a thing that you do that gets them there most often? Um, does that make sense?
2: Yes. Okay. Let me, this is a, like, that's what's a good question. Yeah. Like what are the,
3: the what are the things that you that you are most typically unlocking, you know, or the key, what are the keys that you use to unlock that in them? Most successfully, because I'm sure you have a lot of tools in your arsenal. But I'd be willing to bet that there's like one or two that like these are really effective in achieving that. And people are different; what they respond to is different as well. But any thoughts on that? Uh,
2: there's two. There's two specific um, like moments awesome. that I think affect one at the beginning of the process when I ask them to go back to what they love, what they're passionate about, and having them be able to sit and think and really articulate what what they love and what they're passionate about, that is a moment that normally turns them on to, oh my gosh, I should be working on this now, or I should create a business that does this now. So that, that, that would be one moment. I think that makes the difference. Uh, the other would be at the other end of the spectrum. When I ask them about their current work situation, or even like, maybe one or two jobs or volunteer positions back because i i think of the person in whole it's not just the work you do that you get paid for it's the work you do that you don't necessarily get paid for you need to think about all of that because both of them have the aspects of working on teams working in environments the type of work you're doing and being able to um kind of dissect the that process so they understand what they like about the work they're doing and you know the people they're working with or the projects they're working on and we discuss what that successful situation is so that we can look for ways to replicate that mm. so that they can go seek work or they can seek um you know their target market they can seek who they want to work with who they want to provide for
3: now is, is personal branding something that that only applies to entrepreneurs and business owners can it work can the stuff that you do work (laughs) what are you what are you shaking your head already do you know where I'm going with this
2: yeah no it's um
3: like how does it apply to people who just want a good job right like my my wife wants a secure job she doesn't want the headache of of you know project-based work like I have can this help someone like like that and if so how
2: Very much so. I, the personal brand, every time you do an interview for a new job, you are completely telling your personal brand, Uh, the resume you create, the online social profile, because you got to believe if you're going to be interviewed, you've been Googled big time.
3: (laughs) And They've looked
2: at your LinkedIn profile. They know where you are in social. They know your resume. So your personal brand is ma- the, the reason you need to have a strong personal brand. Is all of that needs to be set up before you even get to the point of applying for a job or starting to interview. So it really is important. I, I've actually worked with people in um, both the like wealth management and financial sector as well as the legal um, the legal industry and even you know with executives at in like the middle of like a you know a large corporation they are selling themselves every day because you can't get people on your team or other stakeholders to invest in a project you want to do if they don't have a strong confident view of who you are and what you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. that's your personal brand
3: yeah and now i know that um Some companies have been doing this for a long time, but, but now I know it's becoming even more popular to have like, um, culture fit interviews, right? When you, so yes, on, on, you know, your stats and on paper, you're a good fit. Now we're going to talk about like, if you're a good fit at this particular company. So I would have to believe that personal brand was like extremely important in, in that aspect of like, sure, you're good. Sure. You're qualified. You've got the degrees, but like, can we work with you 60 hours a week, you know, for 10 years?
2: in high functioning teams that is so important right you really need to have strong team dynamics strong cultural fits uh you need to believe not in only in your company and what the mission is and the vision of that company is you know but you also need to trust and rely on and believe in the the team you're working with so So yeah your personal brand really needs to tie into that
3: so, I, I know that you just came out uh, with a book recently, Fun and Fulfilling Careers. Um, all this talk about target audience. Who, who's the book for? Is that more people crafting their personal brands, people trying to find jobs?
2: I really designed the book um, because so many of my clients requested that I write it. So <laughs> They said, you're great. You're wonderful. We love your workbook. Could you please just write a book? Because we, I need more. I need all those stories you tell and the discussions and the way you describe things and the questions you ask. I need those on paper so I can look oh. at them. So, in response to their need, I wrote the book.
3: You know what that sounds like? Listening to your audience.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Um, So, the ideal when I was writing the book, I kept thinking about people who were in career transition, Mm. who were maybe not happy with where they were, or they. they lost a job or they were at a pivotal point. They just finished a, you know, um, college and they were ready to, for that next step or they've just retired. And they're ready for that next step, but they don't quite know where to go and need a little bit of guidance. And the way I wrote the book was so that they could focus on what their personal brand is and figure out where they're going to be successful and happy hmm. going forward. So that would be, I would say that would be one. It really does play strongly towards uh, people who are wanting to start a new business, entrepreneurs. So it would be very helpful for those people as well. But uh, yeah, I, I I I honestly the, the what you described um, in the, this last you know little bit of discussion the idea that everyone needs to focus on a personal brand, it, it's not a bad place to start no. for someone who's in a job that they like but they're trying to maybe level up or or reach that next level.
3: You know the thing is um, th- that. Uh, the amount of people in that situation, in those situations, has increased. I think dramatically, given the year that we've had, but also given the way the world is is going. There's more entrepreneurs than ever before. There's more people crafting, uh, uh, carving out their own lanes, rather create. You know, entrepreneurs creating their own businesses just trying to take control of their lives and livelihood and health and happiness and just their, their way forward. But I think it's happened a lot this year because many of us, most of us uh, have had to, you know, I know this term is just beat, beaten into the ground, but you know, creatively pivot um, because of the situation that has been dealt upon us this year in 2020. But there's a, there's a silver lining there. I mean, people are, this happened in the recession, too. There was a documentary that came out in the 2008 housing collapse called there was a documentary that came out called Lemonade, uh, you know, make lemons out of lemonade. And it was about all these people who like, you know, yes, they lost their jobs, it's a horrible situation, but it allowed them to like for the first time, take a gamble on themselves and do that thing that they always wanted to do. So it was this beautiful story about overcoming that transition and really doing what you were put on this earth to do or what, you know, your dream is, or like you said, going back and figuring what were the things that have lit you up your whole life and lit your heart on fire. You can do that for a living, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think that some people, the fortunate ones are figuring out this now because you're kind of, you've been forced to, to make this decision. So I think it's a great time for that book because there's th- that audience is actually growing. Um, so for you personally and your business, have there been any ways that you've creatively pivoted or things that you, that, that are coming up that you're excited about, uh, uh, different ways that you can serve your audience?
2: Well, writing this book has been a two over two year process. So when I started writing it, I, there was no pandemic. There was right. no massive shift in the world of uh, work-life balance. I, I think, you know, you touched on something that, we're, it's not going to be the same when we come out of this. There's been some, I think, very positive shifts, not only in technology, you know, look at all of us talking on zoom, but, um, but also in terms of work life balance, Mm -hmm. you know, jobs that maybe never would have been considered work from home jobs, guess what they are. And what wonderful opportunity to be able to build and craft a team from all over the world. As opposed to, well, they need to live within 40 miles or, you know, or 50 (laughs) miles of this location so that we can all come together. You don't anymore. And uh, I think that's opened up some really great opportunities to match people and individuals with cultures that they'll thrive in and do great work in. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 really two years ago. This is not what I thought was going to happen. So for me personally, the big pivot is the excitement of having a tool like this. I view I view this book very much as a tool to help my clients and other people uh, with their lives and their work. Um, so having a tool like this that I can share, I'm I'm really excited about it.
3: It's an exciting process. I'm in the middle of it now, and I naively thought that I would. Oh, I can finish this in like three months, you know, and (laughs) now we're in like two years later, but uh, I'm okay with it because I think that things happen when they're supposed to happen, how they're supposed to happen. I've gotten more knowledgeable since then. So the book wouldn't have been the same if I rushed it out. Um, But I'm, I'm proud of you. It's an exciting journey. uh, And so I'm excited that it's, that is resonating with people. Also it opens the door for you to reach people uh, that you, you know, maybe couldn't afford you or that you haven't reached before. So it's a, it's a simple, Simple tool that anyone has access to, for probably twenty bucks or so. Um, so I think it's such a valuable. It is a valuable tool, and I think what you're doing is is awesome. And more importantly, I think the way you go about it, and the way you help the people, and the way you do is is impactful and powerful. And it aligns totally with the way I'm trying to impact the world. So. I had a pleasure talking to you again, Troy shout out because he was right. Uh, he knew that we would vibe and, and indeed we did, but um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was, this was awesome.
2: Thank you, Rain. This was wonderful. And yes, Troy really, really, really <laughs> understood how well we would get along and, and how much our minds would uh, connect. So. And that's you. our, this that's week.
3: our last shout out to, to you, Troy. So I, I hope you're listening. Heather, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Rain. Right back at you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. we love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab.
1: Planning for your next trip?